It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. Well, tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for February the 15th. I hope you had yourself a wonderful and romantic Valentine's Day. We have reached the cusp and the wane of the winter sports season right here in Tri-State Sports. Yes, indeed, all kinds of playoff action going on all over the place. If you're not in a playoff bracket now, you will be within the next two weeks. That's the story of how it goes. And in fact, we crowned our first state champion of the winter early this week with the Quincy Comet 7th graders. We're going to talk to Brad Longcore about that wonderful group of young men who are the future of Quincy Blue Devil basketball moving forward. Man, got a chance to see them on a couple of occasions on the video that we brought you this week of both their state quarterfinal and state championship win and it looks like plenty of reason of optimism ahead. So that should be fun. Plus, we're going to sit down with Grant Supernot, the head coach of the Illini West Chargers as they begin to embark in what might be the top Toughest sectional in girls 2A basketball this season, along with Quincy Notre Dame, along with Knoxville, and their opponent on Monday up at Macomb, which is a very good U-High team as well. We're going to break that all down with Grant, talk about the uh, road ahead, as we, we hope at least one of our local teams will emerge from that bracket and punch a ticket to Redbird Arena. But before we spin it forward, we look back at last night as there was plenty of action, both on the hardwoods and the mats, and it was really interesting yesterday seeing Blue Devil Jim transformed into a wrestling paradise. We'll talk about what transpired over there in a second, but we'll start with basketball. Quincy High School on the road last night and recovering after the ugly Tuesday loss to Moline. The Blue Devils take down United Township 46-30. to Lucas Reese with 13 points and Dante Kreider with 11. As the Blue Devils improved to 8-4 and in the conference, 16-9 and overall. Unfortunately for the Blue Devils, Gillsburg clinched an outright Western Big Six conference title last night, so everybody is now left playing for second place. The news, not very good for Quincy Notre Dame, but if you are a Liberty Eagles fan, man, last night in Liberty, did you get a treat as your team bombed the Raiders 54-32. to The Klingle brothers, monster nights last night, Knowlton Klingle with 14, Brighton with 10, as Liberty improved to 22-5 and on the season. I tell you what, Greg Altmix's team has just kind of sat there nicely while everybody's talked about Winchester West Central and Payson Seymour, and rightfully so. Those are two really good basketball teams, but man, do you got to like where Liberty is on the other side of the sectional bracket right there, having a chance to really do some damage and looking like a risen power. And that Liberty team is going to be fun for years to come. So certainly a neat night last night on senior night in Liberty. McComb last night takes down Camp Point Central 56-44 to at the hangar. Bryce Long with 33 points in a losing cause for the Panthers. Winchester West Central was suffered just its second loss of the season against Payson Seymour on Tuesday at home. Bounces back nicely with a 90-57 to win over North Green on the road, the shortest road trip of the year, just 13 miles down to Whitehall for them. Ryan Moore scored 27 points in the victory there. West Hancock a winner last night over Southeastern, 56-38 to your final. At Pittsfield last night, the Sockies take down Western. Again, Pittsfield really plays well against the better teams on its schedule. Will Guthrie with 19 points last night in the victory. By the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it was take a charge against Cancer Night last night in Pittsfield, and the good folks of Pike County raised over $3,000 for cancer research, so congratulations for them on the phenomenal effort. One last Illinois score on the boys' side to pass along. It was Route taking down Brown County last night at the Route Dome, 63-41. to All right, scores now from Northeast Missouri. Bowling Green, a winner over Wellsville. 
Old Middletown, 75-49. to Cam Worley scored his 1,000th career point in that game for the victorious Bobcats. Hannibal wrote a big fourth quarter last night to take down Moberly, 58-49. Preston Bennett, who earlier in the day signed his letter of intent to play college golf at Columbia College, showed off his versatility with 17 points to lead the way on the basketball floor. And again, a 58-49 to victory. Clark County jumps all over South Shelby last night in Shelbina, 74-42. Vince Billings with 15 points in the victory. The biggest game of the Missouri docket last night took place in Centralia. Monroe City trying to take care of its business as it crushes its way towards what looks to be an eventual championship in the Clarence Cannon Conference. Monroe City gets that win last night, 68-56 over a very good Centralia squad. Josiah Tolton with 26 points to lead the way there. North Shelby, a one-point winner over Knox County, 50-49. Kyle Smith with 17 points in the victory there. At the Brashear Tournament, it was Bevere beating Marion County, 54-37. And in Southeast Iowa, Keokuk appears to have lost some momentum this week. Second straight loss. This time at Washington, 73-70 to was your final. Girls' action, much more limited, obviously, as we've kind of culled the field, at least in Illinois, with playoff action. At the 2A Carlinville Regional last night, Pittsfield-Grigsville-Perry, which had pulled off a major upset over Porta to get to the championship game at Carlinville, doesn't have that one last upset left in them. The Sockies fall to Carlinville, the host squad, 52-46, despite 18 points from Katie Cox. So their season comes to an end. In southeast Iowa, Keokuk goes on the road and beats Washington 48-28. No hotter team in our area right now than the Keokuk Lady Chiefs as they improve to 17-3. Remember, they lost their first two games of the season and have been red hot ever since. Olivia Meyer with 11 points in the victory for Mike Davis' squad. Also last night, it was North Shelby taking down, excuse me, North Shelby taken down by Knox County 38-30. Riley Strange with 19 points in the victory for the Lady Eagles. Clark County, a big win last night over South Shelby 53 to 30, Alexis Ellison with 17 points. Macon, which broke into the state rankings this week, shows exactly why. Destroying Brookfield 61-36. Lexi Miller with 35 points in the victory there. Hannibal looked good last night in uh, taking down Moberly at home. 51-43. Emma Dion with 16 points in the win there. It was Monroe City Strange game, but holding on to beat Centralia in Centralia last night, 63-61. Also, Bowling Green, a winner over Wellsville, 49-27 was your final there. At the Brashear Tournament, Marion County, a winner over Bevere, 69-31. Hallie Keyholes had 19 points in the victory there. I mentioned wrestling. Blue Devil Gym, Quincy High School went into their own sectional with four wrestlers uh, still alive, trying to get their way to state three of them were eliminated right off the bat in really devastating ways. I mean, Avery Bodie had a big win working in the third period and got flipped over and pinned. That was tough. Blake Peter was in overtime, actually gave up back points with one second left in overtime to suffer his loss. Caleb Volley, in a similar fashion, beaten at the buzzer as well on back points. So only Thomas Culp was left. He went 2-0 and yesterday and will wrestle Haku Watson-Castro of Homewood in the 182-pound semifinals this morning. With a win, Thomas Culp will go back to state. If he loses, he can still wrestle through the back draw and get to state. But the way Thomas Culp is wrestling, he looks really good at 182 pounds. We'll keep our fingers crossed for him today. Over at Stanford in 1A, the only local left alive is Quincy Notre Dame's Sam Schlegel. He went 2-0 and on Friday and will wrestle Cade Emerson of Dwight in the 160-pound semifinals this morning. Again, same scenario. If he wins, he's on to state this week uh, and will make the trip to Champaign coming up on Friday. Uh, in Missouri, districts are underway Yesterday was the day that Missouri districts get themselves to the semifinal process. Palmyra State Powerhouse showed exactly why. 
Caden Crane, Colin Arch, Ross Arch, Hayes Miller, Connor Roberts, Luke Triplett, and Weston King will all be wrestling at Marceline today in the semifinals, all for a bid to go to state. College baseball yesterday, yeah, believe it or not, we're already talking college baseball, despite what the chilly temperatures were here at St. Leo. Quincy University with a 5-4 to four win in their debut. Canton's Lance Logsdon goes 3-3 three for three at the plate. Second game did not work out so well for the Hawks as they drop a 12-1 to one decision. All right, that's it for me. Coming up next, Grant Supernot will talk to us all about the Alane West Chargers. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. Well, on the eve of the 2A Macomb sectional for girls basketball, we are joined now by the head coach of Illini West, Grant Supranot. Always a pleasure to talk with Grant. And Grant, your team gets normal U-high, I believe, at 6 o'clock on Monday. And on the other side of the bracket, it's number 2 Knoxville against number 3 Quincy Notre Dame. Fair to say this is as good a 2A bracket in a sectional that exists in the state of Illinois? Absolutely. You know, when the the seedings came out and you kind of looked at our subsectional and kind of who would fall into this sectional, uh, we knew that it was going to be very competitive. Um, and I thought, you know, our, our schedule throughout the course of the season has helped prepare us for uh, this opportunity on Monday night. From your standpoint, to get to Monday night, which I thought was really fascinating, you have been playing pretty much for the better part of the last month shorthanded. You show up to play Mercer County, and all of a sudden, Megan Harrell is there as part of your lineup after an injury that we had all thought had been season-ending. She scores 16 points a la Willis-Reed. Give us the backstory. (laughs) When did you know she was going to come back, and how did she look to you, and where is she health-wise at this point? Well, you know, it kind of happened at Notre Dame game where she kind of tweaked her knee, and then we kind of had her go to the doctor, and, and she got evaluated, and they thought, well, maybe if the PT would have would strengthen it, there could be a possibility for her to come back end the season. Um, so we kind of got the okay that Monday night um, prior to the regional starting, um, and we, we kind of talked with the family, and they felt comfortable with her playing. The doctors cleared her. So I thought... It was huge for her to um, get that, get a couple reps against the Rock Ridge game Tuesday night, just to kind of get her in there to get a feel of the game. And then Thursday night, you know, um, championship moment, you know, she stepped up big like I, I knew she would. Um, she came out and she was aggressive. Um, she gave us a spark off the bench um, because obviously um, Marissa County was focusing on Carly and Katie who have been playing really well when Megan's been out. Megan came in and she made a couple threes. Uh, and you can just tell, like, the momentum um, shifted um, to our favor. I like to say, I guess, she, she wanted to do a three-point contest. I guess it's pretty funny because she's not a three-point shooter. And I think that three-point contest kind of helped warm her up in that. So um, she's feeling a lot better now. I think she's more comfortable now playing in that, and, and, she's, and she, she'll be ready to go. You kind of touched on it. Metrically, it gives you back your big three, which has been so important. And girls basketball is such a guard-oriented game. You've got really good ones. And to get Megan back, as you mentioned, with Katie Kirkham and with Carly Artman, who are both incredibly athletic, both wonderful chasers of scoring, who can find you scoring in tough spots, that really has to give you a sense of balance, especially as well as your, and I don't want to call them supporting players, but your other dots that you've connected have stepped in in Megan's absence. Yeah, you know, when Megan went down, um, you know, Hallie Ray stepped up in the starting line spot, and uh, she's done everything that we've asked her to do. Um, defensively, uh, she's been guarding the best players for us, and she's done a really good job with that. And then you stepped in Riley Reed, who stepped in as well. But, you know, I credit those two because 
throughout the course of the season, they've been having, they've been able to have minutes at the varsity level. And I think those minutes early on throughout the course of the season has helped them prepare them for where they're at. Uh, but you know, like I said, when, when Megan went down, uh, we didn't change anything really. We just focused and locked in defensively. And then, you know, Katie and Carly, they really ste- um, stepped up for us scoring wise. You know, Carly, I, I feel like she's one of the better shooters in the area. And when she gets going, you know, uh, she's tough to guard. And then when you got a point guard in Katie Kirkham who can just handle the ball and kind of be the floor general out there for you, you know, she makes my job a lot easier because she sees things and, and she kind of just calls it out and, and she kind of sets the tone for us offensively and defensively. What's what's the Cliffs note the Cliffs notes Grant on UHI coming in because I I have not seen them don't know much about them coming into this side of the sectional. Well, you know, um, you know they um, they're going to be physical. You know, I was able to watch a couple films on them already and kind of see what they uh, like to do. Um, of course, they they played Midwest Central last night and it was a close game. They were up by five or six late and then Midwest made a run um, and then they went to overtime and ended up winning. Um, you know, you look at their strength of schedule, who they played. They play a lot of 3A and 4A schools because they, you know, that's what they tend to be are usually 3A. But, um, you know, they're going to be physical and we're going to have to match that. More importantly, I think, you know, defensively, um, we're just going to have to get down and guard them and have a good team defensive uh, game plan for that. Offensively, uh, you know, I think we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. You know, we teams have to prepare for us, and we're going to prepare for them. But at the end of the day, this late in the season, we've been really focusing on us and fine-tuning things that, you know, we need to do offensively and defensively. Basketball is basketball, obviously, but it's also a greater teaching lesson in life. And what I love about your girls is there's just such a sense of volition, that they are so determined and put their mind to things, regardless of who they're playing or what the odds are or what anybody's saying on the outside. And it's a young group, Grant, which makes it even more impressive that these girls have that sort of default mindset. Do you just kind of take inventory of that, a coach, and realize just kind of how blessed you are that that's the starting point? Forget palette. The starting point is just kind of their determination. Absolutely. You know, I look back and, and when this group came in as freshmen, now they're sophomores and juniors, and we have one senior. You know, I kind of this summer we kind of got a gauge of what how good we could possibly have been, but we also knew that we were going to have some growing pains maturity-wise because we're just so young. And there's times when my assistant coach has to tell me, you know, hey, you got to look out who's out there. We might have three sophomores and a junior and a senior, or we might have four sophomores and a junior out there. So I kind of have to take a step back as a coach and just say, okay, we're young and we're making those mistakes early on and throughout the course of the season. But, you know, I think the girls, like you said, they're hungry, uh, they, they want to be successful, and, and they listen and they learn. They try to do the things that you ask them. And as a coach, you know, that's all you can ask for. That's why I've been very pleased with, you know, how well um, these young kids have been stepping up in the big moments and things like that. And, and that and Monday night is going to be no different. It's just going to be another game on our schedule um, and we're just going to have to go out there and, and be relaxed and play our game. I want to change gears with you a little bit, Grant, in a little bit of time that we have left here, because I was mindful of this yesterday because it was Valentine's Day. For people who don't know, your wife, Danielle, is the uh, athletic director at Western Illinois University. You yep. are a basketball coach in the throes of the busiest time of the year. How the heck do you guys ever see each other and your kids this time of year? Because you're constantly both on the go. Yeah, well, you know, that Danielle's very busy, and, and I'm busy as well in that. The nice thing is, you know, my daughter, um, she's in second grade now, and, and she's been our water girl all year. So she's been around every game, and she comes to practices after school. So it's good to have her in the gym because, you know, you get to see her grow and interact with the girls. And there's, 
these girls are such great role models. That's what you want in a sense. And, you know, with Danielle traveling and things like that, it makes it a lot hectic. But, you know, I got good in-laws that are here in a sense. And, and Danielle, she understands it, it, it's go time right now. So she kind of lets me kind of do what we need to do. And she's very supportive. And just like I'm supportive with her and her job early on. So at the end of the day, uh, she's great to have because she understands. And she gets it as a wife, and I'm very lucky to have her. So we did spend Valentine's Day together, so that was a good thing in that. Uh, but during the day, uh, she understood that you know I needed to watch some film and kind of prepare and have a game plan moving forward. <laughs> Job well done, good sir. Best of luck to you on Monday. Looking forward to it, and go get yourself one Monday night against you, High. Yep, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure to talk to Grant Supernut. And coming up next, we're going to talk to Brad Longcore, the head coach of the state champion Quincy Junior High seventh graders. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. Great coach, even better man, Brad Longcore, the head coach and architect of Quincy Junior High School's 7th grade state championship and 25-0 season now joins us via the phone. And Brad, first off, I know it was a big thrill, but what a gauntlet your team ran, especially over the course of those three state games, where I think the combined record of everybody you played was something like 80-1. and What does that say about your kids and their ability to get this job done this, this past week? Hey, well, first off, Chris, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to get these boys' names and get their, get, get some recognition for them. Um, as far as as far as you know, playing those teams, we actually played Mount Zion, you know, um, well years ago, but we actually got them on our schedule this year. You know, we knew the kind of talent they had, so we wanted to kind of get prepared. Um, so we were prepared for them. Morton's a team that we've actually seen in the past as well. You know, we've known about them as well, so we didn't get a chance to get them on the schedule, but we definitely watched them from afar. And, and, and we've seen the kind of talent they had, and our boys knew. And, uh, you know, they really buckled down these last few weeks and, uh, you know, listened to their coaches, worked hard in practice, got things done, took care of business on and off the floor. And, uh, and obviously with this group, man, if they do that, you know, uh, they're going to have a little bit of success for sure. It's an impressive mix of talent, obviously, and the way you came out against Kankakee and really kind of put boot to throat right off the bat speaks to a volume of killer instinct in these kids that you guys have helped instilled that they've really embraced. That had to make you proud to come out in that big moment when you are supposed to be that nervous, Brad, and to see them react to a man as well as they did. What does that say about these kids and their makeup, first and foremost? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's all in their makeups. You know, obviously they uh, they're good basketball players, but you know, one thing that we stress is you know to have this have this killer mentality in you about you know about your sports, your academics, and in every season that you're in. You know, so Chris, one thing I did know going into this game that my boys were going to fight. That they were going to fight. They were going to work hard. And no matter if the ball went into the hole, that they were they were going to be the hardest working team on the on on the floor that night. You know, and uh, and this is something that. Yes, me and Coach Loudon, you know, we've been, and, you know, and, uh, Coach Peterson, we've instilled in them, you know, me and Coach Loudon throughout the last four or five years. But, uh, but this is something that, you know, we knew that they would be in this position. We knew that they would work hard. And, um, and to be honest with you, Chris, if, if they wouldn't have been the hardest working team out there, we would have been shocked. <laughs> we really would have been shocked. And, uh, and I don't know if, uh, state championships are in the future. I think they could be if they work hard, but I know you're going to get a hard working group in, in, in whatever sport they play going forward. 
Brad, when I look at what kind of what has transpired here as well, you know, it has been an interesting season, not just for you, but for Dan Bilt and the eighth graders who fell just short of a trip to state as well. And in a year when, you know, it's kind of been topsy-turvy for high school basketball on, on both sides of Quincy, to have this kind of rise up, I mean, what's been the reaction? Because you've seen people in this town get super excited about who you are and looking towards the future. And that's got to be fun just to feed back into this culture that I know you love so much, to see it kind of rise up the other way and to see the crowds and to see people respond to the the fire truck ride yesterday what was that like for you just as somebody who i know loves quincy basketball culture well well first off i definitely want to congratulate our eighth grade team they're, they're a very special group as well you know they got a lot of talented players you know things didn't line up for them right this year um i do think that they're going to get better they're, you know they're going to compete this summer and get better and i think that they're going to first uh pave the way for some of our guys to see what they need to do to kind of kind of get into this high school scene uh, Chris, because you know we 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 have had a lot of talent at the, at the middle school level, and um, it's 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 not just that we, we gotta we gotta get kids to kind of get over the hump and kind of keep working, keep working at their craft, keep getting better, because um, because it's it's a different it's a different coach it's a different gauntlet obviously up there at the high school level, and uh, and, and these kids I do I do believe Chris that these kids are gonna are gonna work hard I think that they're gonna do what they need to do to to prepare for that next level I really really believe that. Brad, it's it's one thing to be coach; it's another thing to be coach and dad. What's that dynamic been like for you? Just to kind of uh, feel that vibe at a different level. Oh man, it, it's been awesome. You know, um, one thing that I, I constantly tell my son is, you know, you've already exceeded, you know, my expectations for you for basketball. You love it, you know, you, you, you are good, you know, but um, but we have a passion for it together, you know. So it's been really, really easy. I mean, it, it does help that he's a, he's a really good player. But, um, but you know, it, it doesn't matter because he loves it and, and he's going to work hard. And he has a bunch of friends around him that, that are exactly the same way. You know, obviously, Keyshawn Thomas, Dress Rice, Cam Wires, Dom Clay, I can go on and on, Max Wires. Um, we have, we have Braden Little. We have so much Mark Wilder. We have so much talent on this team that, that they all kind of it, – it's a mentality that they've created for themselves. You know, so and, and having Jimmy there as another father, it, it's, it's been, a, been an easy transition because we've, we, we do treat these kids like our own. Every last one of them. None of our kids get special treatment, and our boys see that. Brad, in the time that we have left, you, I mean, you hear it generationally. People keep talking about kids, and they have no interest in that, and they're all about, you know, playing Fortnite, and they don't want to do sports anymore, and sports culture's dying. To have a group of young men in this community rally together the way they did, to see that at the base roots level, and to see them achieve greatness, that has to do your heart so good, just as a, just as a thing within the culture of, of youth within the city of Quincy. Man, it really, really does. Like I said, you know, we, we've been, you know, uh, i got to take a minute and definitely thank Sean Dean and Andy Douglas, obviously John Sprick, you know, those guys like that who have, who have given us the opportunity to uh, and, and actually paved the way, you know, for us to do this. You know, um, I, I've, I've grew up around guys like John Sprick who, who, who coached me. I got to see him coach right ahead of me. So I, I kind of knew, you know, what to expect going into it. Sean Dean has actually gave us the opportunity to, the opportunity to, to travel and play against great competition, you know, fourth, uh, third through sixth grade. And, and Andy, I, I got to speak on him right now because you know, we, you know, he's he's one thing he said when he took the job to take the community to you know to, to build a program like this, and uh, and he and he, he reached out to me, and and I understand that, and uh, and we got a great group of guys that are ready ready to build these guys up, not only on the basketball floor, but uh, in the in the classroom and off of it as well. Brad, congratulations to you and your young man. Job phenomenally done. I know the city's rightly and mightily proud of you guys and couldn't be more fun to have watched you guys make this happen. So congrats again. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it.
And that wraps up another edition of the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket. Coming up next week, we will be in the throes of two of Quincy High School girls trying to chase their way to a regional title. We'll tell you how, how that went and so much more right here coming up at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.